I think Roland O'Gara could be managing the Cork Hurlers, the Irish soccer team. He could be managing anything. He's got the X factor. To win two Champions Cups with a club that doesn't really have that much of a history in the game. OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition. Available now. Alright, you're very welcome along. It is Monday morning. We are bright eyed and bushy tailed. Columns here. Morning, sir. Shane is here. Good morning. How are things? Um, Gabe Burns used to have this thing where in the, the pre show, when he'd be meeting the guests in the green room, he'd be like, Is there anything now you don't want to talk about? And then straight off the bat, he'd go straight in, <laughs> twist the knife, and everybody would be like, Oh my God. Shane, you, you played some football <laughs> at the weekend. Very good. Yeah, we unfortunately lost our Premier Cup final in the Cavan Monaghan League uh, to Las Villa. Congratulations to them. Uh, 4-0 at the weekend, so it was a bit of a drubbing in the final. Um, really how, hot day. How did you play, though, more importantly? Uh, very average game. If I, was, if, if, I, if I was to give myself a performance ranking, it would be certainly in the red. Mm. Um, as a team, generally, we'd be, we'd be in the red. But we've a young team, a uh, nice mix of youth and experience. We'll be back next year. We'll be back. You're captain. Yeah, win or learn, lads. <laughs> did you send learn. an inspirational quote to the team afterwards or an apology oh, probably oh. should have been an apology did you not tweet an apology on your, your Instagram was full of the, the, the stuff in the build up to it I mean I knew all it about it Colin somehow missed him but. yeah but I'm not one of these uh, shite hawk Premier League footballers that puts up a fake apology and sorry to the fans and, and the team and we'll do better that's a load of crap T- just accept that you weren't good enough on the day take your bad performance and, and, and move on don't, don't patronise everyone do you know it was, a, it was a weekend of ends of conclusions Shane searched for silverware <laughs> Ryan Tuberty. Oh, yeah. Finished. Soccer AM after 28 years. Last ever show on Saturday. Jeff Stenning finally leaving Sky Sports. Done. End of the Premier League. End of the URC. French Open started for the first time without Rafael Nadal since his debut in 2005. Oh. And the finale of Succession. Oof. Which happened last night. Question is, are we doing this this week? Well, I mean, what does everybody want? What do do, do people does, want this? Yeah. We're kind of we'll, do it, we'll do it on Wednesday. So you we'll got look it on Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Is that so okay? The last for half an hour of a show of the show, at least. I think last. I think last. The last portion of the show, and we'll give you loads of warnings. Spoiler with, alerts. With full spoilers. Yeah. Right. So I have to catch up before. before yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, a bit of work to yeah. do. Yeah, a lot of work. I mean, you didn't mention the Cork hurlers going out there. Of well, unfortunately, there that, that's reserved for the Gillette Labs. Okay, so you're not going to mention. All right. A reminder: OTVAM live with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Art Edition is available now. Here's what's on the show between now and 10 o'clock. Keith Wood's going to be our first guest at 8. We'll have the performance rankings before that. Rob Tanner's going to talk to us about Leicester, who are down. Big Sam's gone too. Aw, poor Big Sam. The giant head. <laughs> Literal and physical and metaphorical, rather. Uh, sports news at 8.45. Sarah Dunham been talking hurling at 8.50. Anthony Moyles at 10 past 9. And then a clip from the Sunday pay-per-view to play you out this morning. But let's get straight into it. Unless there's anything else you want to talk about, sir. No, go ahead. Time for the Gillette Lads performance rankings. You know, that wasn't an All-Ireland winning performance. Probably should have won the game based on the second half performance. Is it a step too far to say it was the performance so far of the World Cup? Maybe not. OTBAN's performance rankings with Gillette. I'm, I'm, I'm scratching my head. That performance is just lacked that intensity. Boom. Right. Starting in the red, lads. Um, I'm just going to wait till it goes up on screen. Leicester and Leeds. Exactly. Um, you've forgotten. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, that's, that's my subtle way of doing it, but now I'm called out. Um, Everton's 1-0 win. 
sadly for Leicester City and for Leeds United sends them tumbling to the championship um, you'd imagine Dean Smith won't be in a job for too long the talk in Leicester is that he's going to move on and maybe they look look elsewhere and you, you saw the scenes uh, at the King Power Stadium at the weekend and it was just a goodbye from essentially the entire squad uh, you saw Madison um, you just saw Vardy as well as you'll see on screen there and they were all just saying their little goodbyes. I, I'd imagine this Leicester first-team squad is going to look drastically different next season to how it looks this season. Um, Brendan Rodgers, of course, sacked back in April. Dean Smith comes in and fails to keep the 2016 league champions up. When you think about that, lad, lads, in the last number of years, Colin, you were saying it before the show, the, uh, the FA Cup win as well, the Champions League run they had. And now, to add this into the mix, uh, Leicester fans have had a roller coaster. Leicester City have absolutely no business being relegated. This is like the West Ham team from 2003 that went down with all that talent, Joe Cole and Michael Carrick. Like, if you were, if you were away for the last decade, Matt Damon style, the Martian, oh, he himself good. is a Leicester City fan. And someone gave you a run-through of what happened, even in the last, what is it, seven years? Is it he, is absolutely is, insane. Is he really a Leicester City What happened fan? to Leicester City? You know, to win the league, the following season to reach the Champions League quarter-final, mm. beating Sevilla in the last 16, losing to Letico in the quarters, winning the FA Cup for their very first time two years ago. Two consecutive fifth-place finishes. They finished eighth last season. Brendan Rodgers was talking about how we're going to build in the summer and he just came back a different man altogether. If you look at the stats even, they scored more goals than anyone else in the bottom half of the table. Anyone else. They scored the same number of goals as Aston Villa, who qualified for the Europa Conference League, and they're gone down. As Barney Rene put it in The Guardian uh, this morning, it's like they the best way to describe this Leicester City team going down is like they forgot not to get relegated. They could have slept, walked into it. They thought, oh, this won't happen. They won four games in a row last autumn. Relegated sides don't win four games in a row. But then they went through a spell between February and April where they didn't win anything. Would Brendan Rodgers have kept them up? I don't know. I would say... I would have said, said it, wasn't it? Possibly, yes. It's a bit like Graham Potter at Chelsea. If he had stayed put, would they have had such a terrible end to the season? Probably not. And because of Roger's ability as manager, but he was done at Leicester. Potter, he had I'm no not, motivation. Left. Potter, I'm not entirely sure. I think, um, I think, I think his motivation would have been not to have a relegation from the Premier League on with this crew on his CV. Because um, I think that that's difficult for him. Like if he'd if he'd kept them up, and the Spurs job was still available, everybody would just be saying, "Oh, well, okay, you know." Now it feels like he can't get the Spurs job for whatever reason, even though he's very well qualified for it. Mm. Uh, maybe not, but I mean, Eddie Howe took Bournemouth down and he got the Newcastle job. Like, there is ways back and there's enough that was, goodwill. That was a big break between that, you know. Um, but Dean's got a big break. And the other thing about uh, Eddie Howe taking that team down was they were nowhere near as talented as this squad. So, like, you know, he hadn't presided over that team winning uh, the FA Cup and narrowly missing out twice on uh, Champions League qualification. Well, so I mean, so it's, it's just as well for him. He didn't. He left, so he didn't take him down. Yeah, but it, it, it the team is stained now. You know, um, Dean Smith couldn't interrupt the pattern of what had been established under Brendan Rodgers. It did feel like Brendan Rodgers would have been able to talk them into believing some more than Sean Dyche, like over the last five weeks, because Everton were not very good. Well, Dean, Dean Smith said after the match, he said, I, when I took over, I said 11 points is what we need for me to probably keep this team up, and he was right. They got nine points in that period, uh, and two more would have kept them up uh, on goal difference ahead of Everton. So you look at that Everton's are the Leicester squad now, eight players out of contract, Tielemans I think is one of them as yeah. well, so like there's a, there's just a rake of them. Um, too many goals. I think the last clean sheet, they got the clean sheet against Newcastle last week on Monday, but that was... November. Yeah, November yeah. was the last before that, so yeah. I mean that that's relegation. And like going into yesterday's game, they'd won one of their previous 16 games so like the, the, the last third of the season was a complete disaster but yeah. like 
you mentioned Tielemans like Harvey Barnes, James Madison, even Jamie Vardy still has a Kelechi and Nacho is a Premier League worthy striker. They're all gone. And they're right? gone down. Like, like it's, it are is they madness. all gone? Uh, are, well, they're all going to leave the club, I'd imagine. Like, I can't imagine any of them. I can see Vardy staying push at his age. He loves Leicester. Possibly, yeah. One or two, but I, I mean, whether they're going to come back up, whether Leeds are going to come back up straight away, I have my doubts. Leeds, uh, Sam Allardyce's comments after the match would, would concern you. He was basically saying this 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 club needs a lot of changes and he was like, they're, they're going to struggle in the championship. <laughs> Nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with me, basically. I was just observing like the rest of you. He was wipe, wiping his hands. Um, I, like Goals need to be scored and he pointed out that goal scorer, you need goal scorers to score goals and the recruitment just hasn't been there uh, at the club over the last while. Um, it was he basically saying over the next few days he's going to sit down to the board. He wasn't ruling out staying on. Staying on. Well, like active. Oh, he's going to say that, of course, but I mean... Well, look, if Leeds keep Sam, you know, uh, they deserve everything that's coming their way. <laughs> he did the classic in the press conference afterwards um, of a departing manager. said, oh, look, they, they tried very hard. Like, I, I wouldn't um, they. wouldn't criticise their uh, effort. Yeah, they was on number one, and then number two was... Uh, but ultimately, they're just not good enough. Like, kick them when they're down, Sam. The scenes in the sta- in the stand as well. Leicester City fans started battering each other. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, no, I didn't see that. Yeah, there was a group. <laughs> it was obviously a small group, but like just at one point battering the heads of each other and then uh, the Leeds fans were probably the loudest in voicing their disapproval at the team that's because um, Lucas Moura just jogged through them all in his last kick of a football for Tottenham nature of the game scored yeah. a fourth goal like, at least Leicester did what they had to do on the on the final day do you know they got their win against West Ham so they went down with a, a bit of a bang Leeds go down with a whimper that that, that performance generally speaking was just atrocious against they conceded 29 goals in the last 9 games Leeds again would Marcello Bielsa still be a Premier League manager if he'd stayed at Leeds and I realise like a lot of water under the bridge in the meantime but if they'd just ridden out the bad period he was having or mm. yeah. Je- Je- I don't think Jesse Marsh was going to keep them up I don't think there was you know any difference really between what they got Would, would Marsh have kept Leicester up because Marsh's talks with Leicester if you remember before yeah, Dean yeah. Smith took no. over broke down No don't It's so. hard to tell the difference between Marsh and Dean Smith there's just not enough of evidence from Marsh Well like, Dean, Dean Smith has had a successful uh, yeah, so the, the Smith appointment was fair enough. I suppose, does Marsh get the credit for... Like, Smith had a whole season where he kept a team in the Premier League. Mm. Um, yeah, so I don't think there was... Uh, I, don't, I think going for Smith over Marsh is fair enough. It must be tough, though. For any Irish fans watching this morning or listening, like, if you're a Leicester fan or a Leeds fan or a Southampton fan, it must be quite quite sad watching your team go down because you don't actually know how long it's going to be before you're in the Premier League again. Like, if you're Leeds right now, you're looking at that squad going, they're not going to be back next year. Leicester, I don't think they will. Leicester potentially depending on how they recruit at least they will recruit I with respect with respect you've put some team in the green letter on who nobody expected to be able to get back up whose squad is nowhere near Premier League yeah. so you guys pronouncing immediately that oh this is the other oh, dead forever I don't believe it there are parachute payments to come they are actually you know properly established clubs with good facilities and great stadiums which it turns out even Luton don't have so I ain't writing any of these teams off like um, I'm not saying uh, forever no, but Coventry looks good. Away. Middlesbrough under Carrick look really good. Like there's just there's clubs in the championship that are that are going to have one or two years with really, really good managers. Good. Uh, you know, I mean, your Man United nonsense coming no, through again. Well, Carrick took over and they're, they're in the relegation spots, weren't they? And then they took them yeah. to almost promotion. Yeah, it's been a really the world's most difficult league where loads of teams who were just badly managed with like a modicum of good management managed to surge at the table and reach the playoffs. That does not speak of like a oh an amazing league with loads of quality at the moment. Oh, it I just doesn't. I, I did understand why Bielsa left at the time it did feel like it's run its course but I felt like a little break mm. Ross and Rachel style where they agreed on it like well, uh, and, then, yeah, and then um, and then I always thought he should have come back 
after Jesse Marsh. I usually be against going back, but I thought that like, Bielsa needs is such a good fit, like the way Pochettino and Tottenham was. I always thought Pochettino just needed a six month break off Spurs mm. and could come back then. I think they missed a trick not going for Bielsa when he was free. He's the Uruguay manager now. Um, Frank Lampard is also, should he not be in the red uh, after one yeah, of the, the worst? Uh, in fairness, they managed to get a result from that wasn't a, a crushing defeat in the last day of the season, and he did uh, uh, get to speak. Yeah, after a non defeat. Another cut off them again, just like he did after the Manchester United game last Thursday. We discussed it on Friday morning on the show. Um, well, look, it goes to show that I, to, to kind of encapsulate Lampard's second stint as Chelsea manager, we often in the last few weekends have discussed the performance rankings of a Sunday, have suggested Chelsea and Lampard, and I think the consensus was, oh, they're just irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, but it's, yeah. Just, it's over now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely, it's definitely another shout. There are, there are a lot of omissions today that could have got in. Mm. But Lampard, where does he go from here? Where does, does he, he go? Where yeah. does he go? Is a genuine question. Do you think he'll be? Do you think he'll manage the side any side next season? Not to, no, well, not any not side not next season. You mean in any league? Any league? Um, do you think he'll get a job? Yeah, Leeds. You can easily see Leeds. Do you think Leeds, so? yeah. Oh, Leeds are exactly the type of um, shotgun team that'll be like, oh, we need something high profile that the yeah, American owners have heard the name of, <laughs> and uh, they'll be like, yeah, we know him. He's. Uh, what's, what's I think Sam's record like? But he did get a championship side to a playoff final before. Uh, with like was Mason Mount playing on the team yeah. part of the playoff yeah. part of the championship no. look according to well Jeremy. I mean it wasn't particularly uh, rent in some players and get take a <laughs> mediocre side and put it in Ay, come on even Aston Villa got out of the championship there you go ago, yeah. Yeah. I, um, suggestion by Emma Carroll to put Aston Villa in the green today for both the Premier League and WSL seasons yeah. on the Premier League side Unai Emery you must be absolutely thrilled very close to Conference yeah, League yeah, yeah, yeah you're just a little bit like oh will they have the squad to manage like they didn't have the squad to manage any cup runs this year and he basically through the through the tin hat at the cups, um, which was it turns out the right thing to do. In they probably are unlucky actually. Yeah, when you think about it, you, like Spurs did their job in the last day to get Europa Conference League, but Villa, Villa beat a good Brighton team, and, and then Rachel Daly of course banging in goals in the WSL as well. So good weekend for the club, Jar. Yeah, Roy Keane had one final cut off David de Gea before the season ended. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. He got oh. his awarded his uh, clean. Sheets of the season award, his trophy. Golden gloves. United, yeah. yeah, United. That's the one. Clean gloves, United yeah. players started patting him on the head. He's like, "What's that? What are they patting him on the head for? They need to get rid of him." And then Mick Richards like, "What about all the clean sheets?" Is nah, not having him. He's right. Not good enough. He's right. He is right. No, he is correct. Look, maybe maybe Keane only needed control of a club where he had a budget to be able to get rid of players, mm. or maybe he's just a world class pundit and a terrible manager. So. That is quite possible. Also. Not an unusual combination. Queeveen Kelleher conceding four goals to Liverpool too. Could have been in the red also. Yeah. But I mean. Nathan Collins, like just back in the team last week and then absolutely spanked on the last day of the season. But he did play the full 90 minutes. So, you know, <laughs> on the flip side, he got to see every one of those uh, goals up close and personal. Um, so, yeah, he could easily win it. I do think, we're just all joking aside, that the Cork City fans who were chanting about Stephen Bradley's son on Friday night should be in the red. And... Like anybody who is not reporting them or helping Cork City identify them, um, there is talk of lifetime bans from from all activity, and Cork were out pretty quick with their statement. But like, this is this is completely unacceptable. It is absolutely disgusting, and the fact that Stephen Bradley is the one who had to come out and talk about it, and maybe that was just the way it happened in in, in the sequence of events. But um, you would really hope that Cork get a handle on that quickly and that they're the ones who are doing the investigation and finding the fans. And because, uh, you know, for a chant to be heard, it needs to be multiple people. And so that will have been seen. Mm. And there have been some kind of people on the, on the fringe going, ha ha, oh, that's, uh, maybe that's a bit... But like, somebody knows something and you really hope that they 
get identified quickly and and prosecuted whatever whatever the full rigors of the law are it's not just a ban but like I, I maybe look maybe you can't put people in prison for being absolute um disgusting people but like i don't know this is this seems all right so i've obviously uh, gone too far with that but uh they should definitely be banned for life that's mm. pathetic i think anyone who even thinks up a chant about a sick eight or nine year old kid is is uh just sick in the head and it, I think Cork City's response was quick and, and as you say if they can just pinpoint the fans and who they were outside the ground I think they mentioned in the, in the statement as well but um, yeah that's disgusting behaviour so hopefully they'll be found and uh, kicked out of the game we move on to the other red this morning lads and it is going to be Cork hurling Cullum I know you're not going to like this. It's just Cork generally, Colin. Is is that, Cork, is that? Yeah, we just put the county in there. Yeah. What happened there? Well, I mean, look. Limerick 325, Cork 130. Um, Limerick roaring back, making a fifth straight Munster final as well and sending Cork out of the championship. So uh, 41,000 just just under in the TUS Gaelic rounds as well, watching this one. Um, Patrick Horgan hitting 114, but uh, sadly for Cork, it wasn't enough. The performance, probably and possibly their best of the championship so far, which is why... Colm, I know you're possibly going to argue that them in the performance rankings in red is a controversial one. If anyone uh, from the Munster side should be in red this morning, it should be Tipperary, who nearly blew it. But against Waterford. Nearly, though. Well, they lost the game, yeah, How can you put a side in red when they lost by a point to the two best sides in the country? Well, uh, like... That's, it, all, that's all they lost, like. So Cork are out, right? But uh, Dublin are still through, even though they coughed up uh, a Wexford-esque lead against Galway is there is, are we still all like the Munster Harding Championship is the best championship in the world even though we now have a weakened All-Ireland series because everybody is fixated on the Munster Championship being the be-all and end-all are we sure this is the right thing to do that Cork are gone they're now also rans and there isn't even a goblet of minor prestige for them to lean into no Talchon Cup for them they're the best team knocked out of the championship in years, aren't they? Well, like it's, they could have it's gone their, to win it's their earliest championship exit since 2001. Yeah, well, twenty-two ca- years in a calendar year. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, they've yeah. Been beaten, you know, yeah. earlier in the season. Uh, also against Limerick, but I presume we're putting them in red because it's so cruel. Uh, I yeah. think like it's performance. Like they were again brilliant yesterday. I think we're putting them in the red because they're out, and actually, I'm not sure that uh, the championship structures are as amazing as everybody says they are. Now, look, I'm definitely in two minds. I could easily be convinced that uh, if if this wasn't knockout, nobody would be going to the games because people don't really care about the title. But I don't know about that either. Like, everybody's showing up because they're hurling fans and they're watching the best hurlers in the country go against each other. Does it matter that, like, they're out? I, I'd be interested to see what hurling fans think about the structure now because I was chatting to Conneth Gilligan at the weekend um, and we were both of the agreement that we actually quite enjoy, enjoyed the first round of the, the group phase and the football side of things. And I did not expect to enjoy the first round. I was like, oh, this is only going to heat up when there's actual jeopardy at stake. But it turns out there is jeopardy in the first round. Um, I think the results have been so kooky that like, all of a sudden you feel like anything could happen. Yeah, makes it more interesting. Yeah, and like the best players playing a lot of games. Is that not what we want? It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, is it not mad that Dublin are in the championship? Like, No, no yeah. disrespect, but Dublin are in a different stage of evolution although albeit new managers first season blah 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 but like Cork have been building an underage structure for the last decade and a half last decade at least and it looks like those players are finally starting to come through and they have a little bit of strength notwithstanding the injuries they have just feels a little bit unfair after the weekend and after the championship we've had now sorry uh, Galway who had won in All-Ireland were also knocked out in the last round of the round robin in the previous one before Covid so like they're not the greatest team ever to be knocked out in the round robin 
I have to just want to have a, a little bit of a. It was Scales Galway, wasn't it? That team. So I, I, he, he wasn't defending himself, or maybe he will later on. I've only listened to the first half an hour of the hurling pod so far. But um, Cork, a victim of geography. It's, it's awful. Boy. There's two, two uh, comments Cork, here. Cork victimhood is is interesting. Right? Look um, into my veins. A victim of geography. What do you mean? Because they're in Munster, just yeah, they're out now. Like you know, the, oh, we're, we're down here, but like as Charles already alluded to almost accidentally the Cork shouldn't be out two comments here uh, Connor 1272 Cork are building something for the future under Pat Ryan our time will come but then John Claffey on the other side how many chances do Munster teams want well, I, I mean I, the same number of chances as everybody else it's just that now we don't have a championship where like Cork could legitimately be the best team in the country for the next two months but we'll never know there is a possibility that they're getting better game on game and before you tell me oh well why didn't they win because they had Limerick away from home the, the vagaries of it this year they ended up with yeah. Limerick in an away game and like we do know home advantage matters and certainly they got a and fairly, fairly sweet penalty decision given uh, the home team did the away team didn't you know this so soft this stuff matters so look I don't know I just I'm not I'm putting them I'm putting them in the red they're out that's the end of the season I don't know if it's necessarily particularly fair no it's the harshest red I think I think in my uh, in my made up power rankings for 2024 I'm I'm going to have a little little sniff of Cork to win the All-Ireland oh oh Oh, yeah you're giving the Cork fans a bit of hope this morning just think think of the think of the grudge they will be nursing for the next 11 months grudge at who though the the structure well everything the injustice, the injustice of the world, the ungovernable sea. They lost those games. They lost to Limerick, like you know. But it's, it's like, yeah, I mean, I said the, it's the performance. Like, they did lose. It's, yeah, it's, it's the performance. But like they have control over that. They don't have control over the structure. So be cry, cry about things you don't. They were. You, you have it was a brilliant over. match. Like it was like the match of the weekend. Yeah, and they're and in red, and, and, and it was a very dodgy penalty against it's the three-time slash on verge of you know six All Ireland in a row. Their shooting was a hundred percent after twenty minutes. Eleven points from eleven. It's not bad, is it? Do you know what I mean? The, the performance now, certainly the weekend say, wasn't right. I will say, look, the other side of it. In the second half, like, they were level at half time. They were only level once in the second half. They never went ahead, Cork. Yeah, and like they, all the games really this year have been tight. It's on their cusp of something, but like the difference in mentality and feeling towards Cork between now and this time last year, like mm. it's a different world. Pretty so, positive. There's a lot to look forward to under Pat Ryan's side. Like they'll be kind of the moral victors of the championship. You know, like in a few weeks time, a moral victory. when the when the quality of matches dissipate, everyone will miss a cork. They should still be here at the party. We right. went home early. Come on, we gotta keep going. Move on to Amber. Uh, we'll move on to Amber and the Gaelic football side of things. We've just briefly mentioned Dublin and Monaghan are the teams that we've mentioned here in Amber for for uh, reasons uh, I don't know really, but um, <laughs> certainly from Monaghan perspective, I don't know why they're in Amber, but uh, I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, <laughs> a word Dublin. against this last night. Well, listen, yeah, I know, I wanted to save it for, for on air. It has more impact. Um, Dublin, uh, there was a point during the game where um, Jim and Murta scores an unbelievable uh, score off the left to make it eight points to four in the second half, in the first half, goes to nine five for half time. You're thinking, Ross Common have this. Like they're, they're actually, Dublin aren't creating anything um, and every time Ross Common come forward, they look like uh, doing something dangerous. A bit of a fortuitous goal I think for for John Small as well, the keeper. I mean, was it legal? I wasn't uh, sure. It was definitely. I mean, I'm not. Anyway, I guess they they gave it. They again. gave it. Hometown decisions would have been would have been harsh to possibly disallow it. But um, Cormac Costello, to be fair, had a brilliant game for Dublin throughout, especially in the second half. Just not from place balls. Yeah, just not from place balls. But certainly from play, he was involved in a lot and kicked a few nice scores. I think from seven play. points in total, two forty fives and, and two frees. So, but did miss some frees, and you're like, are Dublin going to win All Ireland without somebody who's that like? Mm. 
95% in the Ireland final. Basically, you're rock. allowed to miss one as opposed to two. Was the, then, the free at the end, Sean Bugler puts Dublin two ahead and then towards the end, Conor Cox earns the free that's obviously brought forward to where the ball lands and Donny Smith taps it over to where in Ruscom in the draw. I don't know, was that a foul? Um, there was a debate last night on the television on the Sunday game about, about the, that oh, particular Oh, there's a referee and they never do that. I know, <laughs> not at all. But I think, it, look, the, the reason that you won't hear about that is because a draw was a fair result. Ross Common certainly earned at least a draw from that game. Um, Ross Common build on their Division 1 form as well. I was feel, feeling very cocky after last week about having the dubs at number 1 and the performance ranking. I'm just not sure about it at the moment. Mm. I'm just not sure about it at the moment. It didn't feel like... Uh, it felt like they weren't tuned in. And maybe maybe they're periodising for a quarter-final. They don't care who they play. Quarter-final, semi-final, final. But, like... Now they've left it down to scoring difference. Whoever beats Sligo and Kildare by the most will get the home... Uh, sorry, will we'll go straight through to the quarterfinal. And then you'll have to play uh, week in, week out. And they have injuries. So Davy Byrne went off and Kilkenny went off. And it looked like they had a really strong squad. But loads of those players uh, who we thought were going to just come back and be in their old form aren't in their old form. So I'm just... I you know Dublin. When, like, when did Dublin hit only one eleven in Krug Park? Like, have you, when do you, have you last seen that? I, I, well, maybe it's happened recently enough, but certainly it doesn't happen too often. One eleven for Dublin Krug Park. The body language after the match as well didn't look too positive from a Dublin perspective. You have to give credit to Davy Burke because you could you could easily go to Krug Park and put in this um, defensive setup and they just didn't. Let me tell you. So Dublin one eleven, Kildare thirteen points in the league, and Dublin fourteen points, Kildare twelve. Right, so that's very un-Dublin esque. Well, they're, they're, exactly. Uh, I think that's the point: is that the the new Dublin ain't the old Dublin and so they are I mean I'm, I'm, I might be looking at Mayo and Galway as my 1A one, one this week when we have Tommy on later on in the week mm. uh, we also have Monaghan and Amber um, uh, lovely Saturday evening in Celtic Park uh, by the looks of it on uh, on Saturday night and, and 14 points apiece it finishes uh, Monaghan probably had the game in their grasp three points up at one stage in the second half and then Gary, Gary Mohan gets a black card so 10 minutes with a man less Um and then towards the end, Shane McGuigan kicks an unbelievable free off the left to, to swing Derry into a one-point advantage very, very late on. And Monaghan come forward with one last attack and you're thinking, just one more score. And Carl O'Connell, who's been absolutely brilliant, he's in his mid-30s and he's so quick still, so fit, uh, and popped over an unbelievable point um, to equalise for Monaghan. I think it's similar to the Roscommon game, probably deserved a draw. Um, Monaghan have learned a lot from the, the previous Derry game where they were tanked by eight points. If they, and it was like a, eight points... They were lucky to get eight points. Yeah, for sure. I, I, Derry that day were just really, really good. Um, J- uh, Conor McManus had a knock, so he doesn't start the game uh, at the weekend there. Uh, comes on in injury time. Jack McCarn comes on late as well. They didn't start him. So what does all this mean? Are, are Derry flaky? Are they, did it, last week the Ulster final take too much out of them? Or? Well, I, was ta- I was talking to someone within the Monaghan camp um, yesterday, and the, the, the idea is that Monaghan, after that game, realised fitness was the key. Derry were far fitter than Monaghan. So they, the last four weeks, Monaghan have a chance to, to focus on fitness. It's not often you lose a game and your very next game is against the same opposition. Um, and clearly Monaghan focused on things that, that Derry taught them that day. That's the one thing about Vinnie Corey, he, as he said to, about his team, they learn pretty quickly. Right. And they focused on that and, and just changed the, the game plan. Put in some faster players. Ryan McInnesby came home from Australia since that last Derry game. Can you work on fitness in four weeks at this level? Can you do that? You can probably put more of an e- uh, emphasis on it in training. I would have, I would have thought. Right, um, that's really interesting to hear that. Like, I, 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 all, I you know, oh, you you do your base fitness work in November, and that's it. It can never, you can never change it. You can never alter it. I but, don't subscribe to that theory at all. Like, 
Uh, you can certainly change it in a few weeks. And there was a lovely moment in the second half where Rory Baggin kicks a, a 45 from the wrong side for a right footer. And he's getting absolutely slaughtered by the Derry fans and just pops it over and gives it, gives it a little fist. So, we're not going to have a lot of time to um, get into the red here, but uh, Barbalatza83 asks the important question in the comments this morning. Where are all the cocky South African comments this morning? Was an amazing night in Cape Town. We drank the ferryman's dry. I don't know, I've no, is the Ferryman's in, in Cape Town, is it famous? Yeah. Share us your stories of um, the sacking of Cape Town by uh, Munster at the weekend. Because Munster are in the green, right? Mm. I see somebody else earlier complaining, oh, why are Munster in the green? It's only reserved for Leinster, isn't it? It's like, no, mate, uh, they're, li- they're literally, they're, I don't Maybe you're still gee-eyed from whatever you were up to in the aftermath of the game, and fair play to you. But Munster are indeed in the green. Yeah, indeed. Someone had commented on the, the YouTube earlier saying we won't put Munster in the green because we only put Leinster in the green. But... Uh, Look away now, because you're wrong. Munster, deservedly in the green. And look, if you were one of those Munster fans, I don't know how many made the trip. Was it 5,000, Quinny was saying on Friday? Uh, that made the 12,000-mile trip over to Cape Town. Um, what, what an experience you had, because 12 years without a trophy, and Munster so impressive uh, on what looked like an absolutely atrocious pitch in, in Cape Town against the Stormers. Um, and so many good performances. A five-point lead at halftime, 12-7. Um, and Stormers come back into it, certainly in the second half. That 14-12 lead, uh, and you're thinking... They're going to need something special here, Munster. But something special arrived. The lovely photo there of Keith Earls yeah. with uh, the player on, on the, the player's shoulders, and it shows what it all means behind the scenes as well. RG Snyman was brilliant when he came in for Peter Mahoney in that match as well. And John Hodnett is getting deservedly a lot of plaudits for his performance too for Munster. Um, and as I said on Friday, look, if Munster win this match, they're the only team to win a province or to win a trophy as an Irish province this year. So Irish rugby's not dead, lads. It's a bit like the Arsenal and Manchester United's uh, comparison. Who had the better season, Munster or Leinster? Um, oh, I, I think Munster fans are much happier with their season than yeah. fans. And have had the better season. Do you know? Like, uh, that's the, you gotta you got to take your medicine, you got to swallow hard, it tastes disgusting, but uh, it's good for the, it's really good that there's now a proper rivalry and Leinster will want to crush Munster next season and Munster will want to show Leinster that this, was, this is a new order that's being established. It's a remarkable turnaround. We were talking about the, the start of the Graham Roundtree tenure, that it was very disappointing, very underwhelming, followed on from Jan van Gran. Where are the improvements coming from? And even the mid-season slump, conceding 130 points in three games, it all seemed to change against the South Africa select side, Parky Cueve, last winter. That was uh, the big turn winter. Point, wasn't it? Uh, but even then, even, even in springtime, it like, looked like Champions Cup participation next season wasn't going to happen at all. So in the last few weeks, six games in a row, it's changed around big time. And like not just Keith Earls, but you'd be delighted for Peter O'Mani and then the John Hadnett interview afterwards is one of the great comic timing moments of Peter O'Mani's slow hand to the face as Hadnett starts off his uh, interview in this Has he not of, done it himself though? Has he not? Yeah, it's classical valley. <laughs> has he not like okay? Reminded of himself, sure. <laughs> it is like one of your kids doing the same thing that you've done before and you're like, Oh no, I've passed it on. Can't give out. Um yeah, look, we're going to talk Keith Wood about this in, in more depth in just a moment. We'll obviously have Quinny on later on in the week. But if you are a Munster fan who was at the game, uh, give us your thoughts and we'll keep reflecting on those very quickly. Um, Tommy Tommy was in touch earlier on. Morning, lads. A few takeaways from what was an epic weekend at Hurling. We've got the fastest game in the world. One referee makes all the decisions. We have instant replays. The fourth official could have a monitor pitch side for the ref in high stakes calls. It's dealt with quickly. Hurling is so fast. Two refs are essential in today's games. Umpires should be experienced, assistant or retired referees to ensure good calls are being made. This is the other thing. That's very an excellent point. And the pressure is taken off the referees. But then the last one is, right? The GA should restructure the championship. Quality teams getting knocked out while Joe McDonough teams get through. They have their own comp. Carlo can technically win two All-Irelands in the same year. 
it's a, it, it, that's actually that's the winning argument here right uh, uh, those teams are still through Cork are out it should be a playoff between Cork and those teams and then Cork should have uh, like they should be punished for being the fourth best team but they shouldn't be out mm. like but should the Joe McDonough Cup winners not be given that opportunity to why though this year they, they've won their All-Ireland in a way do you know what I mean like but, that was their All-Ireland that was the thing that you entered at the start of the year congratulations what's the point in them going out and getting hammered next week it's extra motivation to perform in the Joe McDonough isn't it what's if you the, have the but, carrot in the end of the stick well, being the All-Ireland participation but like I don't know I, I, I don't I actually I think it's tokenistic at this stage that like oh you'll get this thing even though you're nowhere near the standard of it because you haven't had a season in the league or two seasons in the league to get to the standard where you can be properly competitive yeah, I can see arguments for both sides to be fair it's one of those awkward I, ones I can't see any arguments for it. well I, I agree that I'm not both sides in this buddy no but maybe maybe the playoff gives both teams a chance like if, if yeah if the Joe McDonough winners have a game against Cork or whatever yeah it's hard to argue against that one is this Monaghan FM? Far too much time spent talking about Monaghan, says JP. Yeah, Ryan. I, there, I agree, I agree. What are you talking Absolutely. about? Absolutely. Why? Because they're not relevant. Come on, move just, on. Yeah, we got to go. Drew the Ulster Champions. Like, get out of it, lads. They're talking shite. Sorry. Um, Rashida Adelecki, we should mention as well. What a performance from her the weekend. Uh, smashed her own Irish record of a 400 metres. She keeps just beating her own records. Uh, posted the fourth fastest time in the world this year at the NCAA Championships in Austin. Uh, only last month, she broke the 50-second barrier for the first time. Uh, 49.9 so she's on 49.54 at the weekend um, so she's just ridiculous she keeps breaking records uh, most of them her own um, so fair play to Rashid Adelecki and well worth I think I mentioned in the green as well this morning uh, the other uh, element in green for us is Luton Town and Chelsea um, Chelsea women's team of course because we mentioned the men's uh, Luton's story has just been unbelievable so obviously the last time they were in the Premier League was, was the first year of the or the last no, never, year never before sorry never yeah, really, since 92 yeah. 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 Um, but the work that Rob Edwards has done uh, and that performance the weekend to beat Coventry City on penalties at Wembley uh, really really impressive you look at their stadium and we were mentioning it before, before today Kenilworth Road you walk through a housing estate to get to the away end and it's just bizarre and remarkable and brilliant um, and to see that in the Premier League next year is going to be uh, quite incredible the, the, the game itself um, like the, the collapse of their captain in the first Lockyer, half, yeah. Lockyer, yeah. Tom Lockyer, like you're thinking this is very concerning, but then he's taken off and, and um, I think his parents came into the dressing room to him and he watches the penalties from the hospital bed, I think, with all his heart monitors and stuff on. Uh, so glad he's okay. Uh, but the work that Rob Edwards has done since he came in has been amazing. So good to see him in the Premier League. Jim Sullivan says, but Munster are only in the light shade of green. Lol. No, the light shade of green is the first ones. They were the first ones. That's how that works. There's no like, uh, oh, you're kind of only a we, little bit We green. started with Munster green last night. And I, love, else. I love the paranoia that you have that we're somehow trying to do this down or, you know, bitterly, angrily, somehow it's not, it ain't true. Yeah. And the Chelsea that I mentioned, Chelsea beat Reading 3-0 in the WSL at the weekend. Emma Hayes, the job she's done is amazing. Sam Kerr gets two of those games. A fourth successive lead title for them. And uh, she's just taking them on to another level. So fair play. Four minutes past eight. That is this week's version of the Gillette Labs Performance Rankings. OTBAN's Performance Rankings with Gillette.